When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, mop fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, black and white sports fans, we need to talk about the world of the NFL because a bit scheme 
went on in the NFL when it came to health care. And we know there's a lot of controversy around NFL health care. But however, we have former NFL players now that have pleaded guilty to defrauding the NFL when it comes to health care. And guys, these former NFL players could be doing some serious jail time. I'm talking about anywhere from 10 years up to life in prison. And one of the players is a former Washington Redskins running back, Clinton Portis. He's among, I believe, something like 14 NFL players that are actually caught up in this. There's some other players that you may not know. Uh, Joe Horn's name is in this, too. This is big, guys. So let's go over here and check out Fox News. Ex NFL players plead guilty to health care fraud scheme. Clinton Portis, 40, was a second round pick of the Broncos in 2002 and won AP Offensive Rookie of the Year honors that year. So this is this is wild here, guys. Check this out. Former NFL players Clinton Porters, Tamarick Vanover and Robert McCun, McCunney pleaded guilty for their roles in a nationwide healthcare fraud scheme and could face years in prison. The U.S. Department of Justice announced Tuesday today. Portis, Vanover and McCoon admitted to defrauding the NFL program set up to reimburse medical expenses not covered by insurance for retired players and their families. The Justice Department said McCoon could be facing life in prison after pleading guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and health care fraud, 13 counts of health care fraud, 11 counts of wire fraud and three counts of aggravated identity theft. He is scheduled to be sentenced November the 19th. So, man, he could actually have the book thrown at him with life in prison. The DOJ said McCoon orchestrated the scheme that resulted in approximately $2.9 million worth of false and fraudulent claims being filed and $2.5 million paid out between June 2017 and April 2018. Portis and Vanover each pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit health care fraud and could face up to 10 years in prison. So not life for them. They're not in the position of McComb, but still 10 years in prison. I wouldn't want to do it. These athletes, I don't know what in the world they were thinking. Okay, it says, according to court documents, Portis was responsible for just under one hundred thousand dollars and Vanover just under one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in benefits for expensive medical equipment that were not provided. Guys, some of these athletes, I don't know about the case of all these athletes, but a guy like Clinton Portis. Made a whole bunch of money during his NFL career. Why is he doing this? Some of these other guys, you know, they didn't last very long. I'm not making an excuse for them, but still a guy like Clinton Portis, who we know made a lot of money, is defrauding the NFL. This is this is crazy. They agreed to pay back that money. Portis is scheduled for sentencing on January 6th and Vanover on January 22nd. An NFL spokesperson did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The league established the Gene Upshaw NFL player health reimbursement account plan after the 2006 collective bargaining agreement to provide tax free 
reimbursement of medical expenses up to $350,000 per player. Portis, Vanover, and McCoon were originally indicted in Eastern District of Kentucky in December 2019. Twelve other retired players had previously been charged and pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit health care fraud, including former Chiefs and Saints receiver Joe Horn and longtime defensive back Carlos Rogers. The FBI investigated the case across the U.S. According to the Justice Department, McComb 42 was a 2005 fifth round uh, draft pick who played eight NFL games at linebacker for Washington and Baltimore. So he didn't last very long. Vanover 47 was taken in the third round of the 1995 draft by Kansas City and played 77 games at receiver for the Chiefs and Chargers. Portis 40 was a second round pick of the Broncos in 2002 and won AP Offensive Rookie of the Year honors that year. The running back played 113 games with Denver and Washington from 2002 to 2010. Now, I don't recall, you know, this whole um, conspiracy thing going on back in 2019. It it just doesn't ring a bell with me. I don't know why. Uh, I'm just finding out about this. This is very, very crazy, man, that there's a whole ring and this one guy, uh, McCoon, is going to be facing, could be facing life in prison as he was the ringleader of this and orchestrated the whole entire scheme, guys. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Clinton Porters, Clinton Porters and other NFL players guilty for defrauding the NFL, facing anywhere from 10 years upwards to life in prison for one of these guys? This is pretty wild right here, guys. Guys, don't go out and do something stupid. Just don't do it. The NFL put a program in place and now you got players defrauding this system that the NFL put in place to actually help retired NFL players. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans. We are going to talk about Megan Rapino. On this particular channel, I'm not sure anybody moves the needle in the way that this social justice nutcase does. Not even LaChina James, not even LeBron James gets people's dander worked up like this idiot does anytime we make a video about her. Megan Rapino has run her mouth probably as much as LeBron James. Now, I'll say this. I think LeBron has said things that is probably more dangerous to people than Megan Rapinoe. But Megan Rapinoe has been one of the leaders of the charge, leading the U.S. women's national team to kneel for the anthem, wear her Black Lives Matter shirt, talk all kinds of trash about President Trump. And now, somehow, someway, she has decided to compare herself to President Trump. It's very odd. Very odd what she has come out and said.
almost admiring the fact that Trump says what is on his mind and what he wants to say and talk about. She says she's the same person. Odd. Your ideological philosophies could not be any different, that's for sure. Let's take a look at this, because this is pretty wild. Trump foe Megan Rapino shockingly compares herself to the president. We both said some wild-ass blank. Not many people would have the gall to compare Megan Rapino and Donald Trump, two public enemies with vastly different views on social and political issues. Trump is in favor of shut up and dribble. Megan Rapinoe, a star for the U.S. national women's team, believes athletes are, quote, selfish if they don't use their platforms to speak up against injustices. But Rapinoe, according to Rapinoe, she's not totally unlike Trump. Quote, I am who I am all the time. Rapinoe said during a CNN TV premiere of the documentary, LFG on Monday, which previously debuted on HBO Max, the streaming service. It's not like some act. I mean, I don't know if I want to make this comparison, but in the same ways that people liked that Trump said some wild ass S, but like, I'm like that, but for good, you know? And I'm like, we need more of that. Really? Because you pissed and moaned about Trump. Last month, Trump mocked Rapino and the entire U.S. women's national team for what? Not winning gold. And he should have. If our soccer team, headed by the radical group of leftist maniacs, wasn't woke, they would have won a gold medal instead of the bronze, Trump said while specifically calling Rapino the woman with the purple hair. Trump also took aim at the U.S. women's national team for kneeling during the national anthem at the Olympics. But his feud with Rapino is years old, escalating after the soccer star stated, quote, I'm not going to the effing White House to see Trump when the U.S. Women's National Team won the World Cup in 2019. Although they don't align on most social issues, two people firing off some wild-ass shit would make for an interesting conversation between Trump and Rapino. I can't imagine getting those two in the room together but i will say this do i think trump would sit down and talk to her yeah yeah because he's always about trying to get business conducted moving forward and getting things done i don't think he likes rapino hell i don't like rapino but do i think he would sit down and talk to somebody like rapino yeah i do i really do he talked to a lot of people that he didn't line up with ideologically. That's why he was the greatest president I've ever seen in my life, because business is business if it will move the country to a better place. Okay? Now, it is absolutely crazy that she pulled the Trump card. She pulled out a Trump card in this interview to try to compare herself. And look, I don't know if this is some kind of weird olive branch out to Trump supporters, but she can forget it. Okay, she's not getting that olive branch from us or from me. She has run her mouth about too much. She runs an anti-American sentiment out there. She goes out there and, like LeBron James, preaches about false narratives that can be dangerous, okay, about things like the police and defunding the police and supporting a lot of ideals that just aren't smart, just aren't smart. Things you don't do is defund the police 
and she's out there. She championed, you know, uh, unarmed blacks getting killed when unarmed whites get killed more, et cetera, et cetera. All right. She is trying to push, in my opinion, a, a poor philosophy. Okay. She's entitled to feel the way she, the, she feels. Okay. But we can call her out when she says something stupid. And we do. You can believe that. And that's all Trump did was call her out. And look, I absolutely, I said when the U.S. women's soccer team lost that first game in the Olympics, I said part of the thing here is they've got their minds all over the place. They've got their minds all over the place and not on the actual sport that they're supposed to be there to compete in a game to try to win a gold medal. And, of course, they finished in third place. Why? Because she's worried about bullying teammates to bend the knee for the national anthem. That's not what the Olympics and or sport is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about competition, team competition, et cetera, et cetera. The Olympics, if you play for your country, is supposed to be about love for the country. Does anything about Megan Rapino scream love for America? We know one thing about Trump. America first, for crying out loud, okay? So in that, in that way, ideologically, they are not even close. Not even close. Yeah, they both speak their, their mind. That may be the absolute only thing they would have in common. It's strange that she made this comment. She's not winning me over, I can tell you that right now. That ship has sailed. And as far as Subway franchisees, that ship sailed too. They don't want her, they don't want her representing sub sandwiches. God, her and Jared. Subway didn't do a very good job there. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. What a strange thing to see come for Megan Rapinoe to come out and say. It's just, it's just weird. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports. College football is back, and it's back in a big way. The ratings have come out, and they are really good for some of the marquee games that were this past weekend. And college football fans everywhere, everywhere, answered LeBron James... And so many of the lefties that pushed Joe Biden's BS by chanting out F Joe Biden all over college football this weekend. It was a glorious sight to see. So I'm going to give you the college football ratings, which, by the way, all of the ratings pretty much beat everything in the NBA, all but maybe three NBA games all year. The ratings on this first college football weekend would have beat all of those NBA games for the most part, uh, which is glorious. College football is the number two biggest sport in the country, without a doubt, uh, behind the NFL. So let's get to the chance first, and then we'll go to the ratings. Let's do it right now. College football fans chanted F Joe Biden at multiple different games. This is the Daily Caller. Lots of college football fans made it clear over the weekend they're not fans of Joe Biden. 
in Twitter videos posted online. And guys, you can go look them up. I don't want to get nailed by the YouTube overlords. In Twitter videos posted online by Old Row Sports from several different week one games around the country, fans broke into F Joe Biden chants. Think I'm kidding? During at least four major matchups, including two SEC games, fans shout, sounded off at a chant with the chant. Now, uh, this happened at Texas for Texas A&M. This happened at Auburn. Uh, this happened at uh, the Virginia Tech game. That actually kind of surprised me a little. And Coastal Carolina. What was great about the whole thing, too, is the fact that there were so many fans out there. Guys, I don't know if you saw the awesome video that came out from Wisconsin where they were doing jump around. I mean, Fox Sports, Gus Johnson was literally bouncing back and forth in the booth. It was glorious up there. Joe Clatt, I'm going to need you to move around more, man. I really am. That was one of the greatest moments ever, seeing those fans get to do that after almost two years. And uh, Virginia Tech coming out to my band, Metallica, and Inner Sandman, man, it was fantastic. That's what college football is all about. It's why it's the second biggest sport. Sorry, LeBron. Let's get to the ratings right now. ESPN College Football Week 1 TV ratings. ESPN delivered a high-quality slate of games Week 1. Four of the top five teams in the preseason rankings took center stage in an ABC triple header. The ratings reflected that fans were wildly interested in the three games on the schedule for the network. Across all three matchups, ABC averaged 5,040,000 viewers, which marked the best kickoff Saturday triple header since 2017. Each individual game also produced better ratings than comparably games in 2019. The Alabama-Miami contest, which by the way was a blowout, was up 8% from two years ago and averaged 5 million viewers throughout. The blowout peaked at 6.1 million at the end of the first half. However, the real highlight for ABC and ESPN was Georgia-Clemson. Wow, I cannot believe Clemson got beat. I can't, but hey, Georgia needs some big wins uh, to sort of break some narratives, and they got one. The contest averaged nearly 8 million average viewers, which puts it on track to become the second most viewed kickoff Saturday game on any network in the last 15 years. And let's see if I can get the average viewers on this. It is... Wow, it was a hair under 8 million viewers for Georgia and Clemson. That's a big rating for uh, opening an opening day uh, kickoff. Georgia and Clemson was a nail-biter, and it was a defensive game. The lone highlight and touchdown came when the Bulldogs defensive back, Christopher Smith, intercepted a pass and took it the distance. It was a 10-3 final. ABC and ESPN clearly made a splash with their Week 1 lineup. Uh, follow it up next weekend, Florida versus South Florida. Uh, okay, we'll kick off a slate. Iowa State and then Washington at my Michigan Wolverines in primetime. Woo! I can't wait to see that. I hope we don't get the brakes blown off of us in that game. Yikes, but we played awfully well this past weekend. Kate, Kate McNamara looks like a quarterback for sure. It's about time Jim Harbaugh 
That's another video for another channel, probably. Uh, but it was great to see. Um, it was nice to see Florida State be competitive. Competitive against Notre Dame because it has been downhill since Jameis and Jimbo flew the coop. Rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. We miss you. Great coach, great communicator, great motivator. Uh, no wonder he was one of the best recruits. And for years and years, Florida State was an NFL factory. And it was because he would go in the households and parents couldn't wait to get their kids to Bobby Bowden. What a good good man, a good dude. And it was nice to see them honor Bobby at that game. It's also nice to see college football beat the brakes off the NBA once again. Look at that. Second largest rating for opening kickoff in 15 years. Man, people were ready for football to come back. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Okay, Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about Simone Biles. 2020 Tokyo Olympics are in the books. It ended like a month and a half ago, and Simone Biles was absolutely pathetic at the games. Now, she ended up coming back with just two medals, no silvers, and Simone Biles, when she got there, she was actually supposed to be the face of Team USA Gymnastics, and she was actually really the weak link of that team. Now, she performed absolutely pathetically in team competition. She didn't look like herself, and then she makes the excuse that, oh, I'm suffering from mental health, so I'm going to step away. She quit on her team. I'm going to say that again, folks. She absolutely quit on her team, citing mental health. Where have we actually heard this before? This seems to be an excuse that is uh, running rampant around sports right now. You guys know that I've covered the uh, WTA tour pretty extensively on uh, this channel here. Where you had uh, Naomi Osaka, citing mental health, uh, harassment, all this other stuff. Now you got other uh, tennis players doing the same. This mental health thing is a new excuse to avoid any type of criticism. But however, we come to find out that it was actually the twisties she was suffering from. And that's actually more of a physical condition. She didn't like people slamming her for quitting on her team. But guess what, Simone Biles? You quit on your team. And now, yet again, Simone Biles is doubling and tripling down and coming out and slamming her critics like me. So we're going to be diving into that in this video, guys. But first, check out the Black and White Network store. We have our best-selling shirt here. The media is the real virus. Uh, defund the athletes. Socialism media. We're going to give you 25% off your purchase on anything in the merch store. Use the discount code Sit down. It's just that simple and you get 25% off. So, guys, check this out. Simone Biles reminds critics of her achievements. I can't hear you over my seven Olympic medals. And she's actually talking about uh, her gold medals at that. Now, she didn't get any goals at the Tokyo Games, so she is strictly living in the past. 
So here it goes, guys. Let's read this. Simone Biles on Sunday posted a photo of her silver and bronze medals from the Tokyo Olympics, and she took issue with those who criticized her for dropping out of some events to get a handle on, on her mental well-being. Biles wrote on Instagram she wouldn't have changed anything about the way the Olympics occurred despite coming home with only two medals. She also made sure to tell anyone who was reading the post she was no quitter despite what some of her fiercest critics believe. And this is what she actually posted right here. This is Simone Biles' Instagram post. You can see her silver medal here and a bronze medal from the Tokyo Games. And she says this here. Can't believe it's already been a month. Definitely not the way I planned the Olympics going, but I wouldn't change anything for the world. I'm proud of myself and the career I've had thus far. This Olympics doesn't erase the past accomplishments I've achieved, nor does it define who I am as an athlete. I pushed through so much the past couple of years. The, ro- the word quitter is not in my vocabulary. For some of you, that may that may be how you define me, but keep talking because I can't hear you over my seven Olympic medals, which tied me for the most decorated gymnast ever, as well as most decorated American gymnast. Now, she's actually tied with uh, Shannon Miller. I was a big fan of Shannon, Shannon Miller. Uh, she was spectacular in uh, the Barcelona Games in 1992. But this is Simone Miles clapping back at her critics. Okay. Now, nobody is questioning her past achievements. We're just talking about strictly right now. And as of right now, she quit on her team. I'm not trying to bash her past accomplishments. She's an all time great gymnast. She is. Nobody's saying that. But what she did at the Tokyo Games was inexcusable. Inexcusable. I mean, if you really had the twisties, why did you change your story several different times? Why? Because now in today's era, you can get a pass on anything when you just cite mental health. You did not perform up to par. And guess what? When you don't perform up to par, guess what? People are going to be critical of you. They are. They're going to be critical of you because when you quit, you initially said nothing about twisties, nothing about that. You came out and said, oh, I'm dealing with some mental uh, health stuff. I'm going to quit and work on my mental health. But truly, guys, she didn't actually quit because the following week she actually competed in some other competitions. And that's how she ended up winning this bronze medal here, because I believe the silver came from the team competition but she got a bronze in individual competition. So truly, what's the real deal here, Simone Biles? I thought it was mental health. I thought you were going to quit completely. But you know what? You said it, said it was the twisties. I don't know what kind of excuse uh, she's going to come up with next because we know this is the new excuse that is going on right now in sports. And I'm going to be real. She quit on her team. I'm going to say it again. Simone Biles quit on her team. You can you can go ahead out there and say that, oh, you guys, uh, I can't hear you over my seven uh, medals. That's fine. You won your seven medals. That's great. Nobody's questioning your medals. We're questioning your mental toughness. And one thing 
that I know the athletes don't like being called. They don't like being called quitters. But in this case, Simone Biles quit on her team. How many times I've actually said that in this video? I know I probably said a lot, but I'm doubling down too. I'm doubling down too. Simone Biles, all-time great gymnast, but in this Olympics, she completely messed it up. She quit. She quit. Simone Biles, you quit. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce had a Hall of Fame NBA career, no doubt about it. Won a championship with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. He was a great player for the Celtics. And after his playing career, he got into the sports media. And for a while there, he was working for ESPN. But however, this past April, Paul Pierce was fired from ESPN. Now, part of the reason why he was actually fired is because I believe it was an Instagram video showing him partying and uh, smoking uh, with some adult dancers. The man was just living his best life, doing what he wanted to do. That's his business. But it seems like the higher up to ESPN had had enough of Paul Pierce. So they fired him. Now, Paul Pierce has come out now and he has slammed ESPN and one LeBron James. Now, this isn't a surprise that he's come out and pretty much slammed LeBron as well, because we know he is not the biggest LeBron James fan. Now, of course, the Celtics had um, rivalries with LeBron James. Paul Pierce, not a big fan of LeBron James. He probably feels the way that um, Skip Bayless actually feels about LeBron James when it comes to his play on a basketball court. But let's go ahead. Let's dive into this, guys. Paul Pierce says he was poor fit at ESPN. You have to talk about LeBron all the time. Now, that's pretty funny because we know he's not a fan of LaChina James. And I guess, you know, he feels the same way about ESPN. He doesn't care. He didn't like working at the network. And apparently his higher ups were not happy with his job performance. But let's go ahead and let's read this. Boston Celtics legend Paul Pierce isn't too upset about his split from ESPN. Pierce said he was a bad fit at the network and didn't enjoy talking about LeBron James all the time, according to Sports Illustrated. Now, ESPN has a contract with the NBA, and guys, we know they worship at the altar of one LeBron James. They will never criticize him for destroying the NBA. Of course not, because, you know, they're super duper woke, just like LeBron James. And when Le- LeBron actually comes out and says all these lies about social justice, ESPN just pretty much pats him on the back. I guess Paul Pierce, not a fan of all of that. It goes on. It says Pierce was fired from ESPN in April after he posted a video in which he was at a gathering with strippers. Pierce put the video on Instagram Live 
people saved the video and posted it all over social media. Days after the video emerged, ESPN and Pierce parted ways. He was fired, okay? Pierce wasn't too upset about that. He knew things with ESPN weren't working out, according to SI. The relationship between Pierce and the network had become strained over the past two years. Pierce hated the travel. Network executives didn't think he was working hard enough. The video industry sources told Sports Illustrated was the last straw. Quote, I was done with them anyway, Pierce said, between pulls of lemon mint. It wasn't a great fit. There's a lot of stuff over there that you can't say. And you have to talk about LeBron all the time. Now, I'm glad that he brought up, you know, there's things that you can't say. I'm pretty sure that you cannot go against the narrative that ESPN wants you to go against. Now, was Paul Pierce, was he against um, the things that went on in the NBA bubble? Was he against all the wokeness at ESPN? I don't know. I'm not really sure about that whatsoever. But we know there are certain things that you cannot say over at ESPN or you'll pretty much be shown the door. Pierce's agent reportedly wanted Pierce to apologize for live streaming the video. His agent was mostly concerned that the video could impact Pierce's Hall of Fame chances. It didn't. Of course, Paul Pierce was going to go into the Hall of Fame. We knew that. Uh, Pierce was voted in as part of the 2021 class. ESPN did not ask Pierce for an apology for streaming the video. Pierce made it pretty obvious he wasn't LeBron James's biggest fan. Last May, Pierce left James off um, Pierce's list of top five NBA players of all time. Pierce has also called himself James's biggest rival. You know, he's he's probably right about that. I mean, they both played in the East for the most part. And you had the Cavaliers going up against the uh, Celtics. You also had the Miami Heat going up against the Celtics as well. It says this assumed Pierce and James had bad blood over a near fight that reportedly took place in 2004. The near fight between Paul Pierce and LeBron James in a hallway at Ohio State in a preseason game in 2004 is a great unknown what if. I didn't even know about that. Uh, Pierce and James also met in a high number of profile games during the back half of Pierce's career, which only fueled that rivalry. Yep, I believe that. I believe that was that played a bit part. You know, they played... They played in a bunch of um, big time uh, playoff games, but there's no doubt about it. Paul Pierce hates LeBron. Let's just be clear about that. He hates LeBron James. Outside of Skip Bayless, you know, he probably comes the hardest at LeBron. But you know what? He also knows LeBron on the court. And I don't know if um, LeBron has actually said, said things to him, you know, on the court, in the locker room, that kind of thing. Uh, The way that LeBron carries himself on social media, maybe Paul Pierce is also not a big fan of that. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Paul Pierce coming out, slamming ESPN, saying he really didn't want to be there anyway? He wanted to live his best life, do what he wanted to do. You know, he's retired. He's rich. You know, he wants to have fun. And he also brought up the case that um, other players, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, have done much worse than him. You know what? He's probably actually right about that. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans.
Paul Pierce comes out, slams ESPN, and they talk way too much about LeBron James. That was not his taste because he's not a fan of one LaChana James. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, let's continue to talk about Naomi Osaka. Now, Naomi Osaka was the defending U.S. Open champion, and she lost a couple of days ago at the tournament. Okay, now she's walking away once again from the sport, second time in a matter of months. And Naomi Osaka has been really been talking about her mental health. That is her go to excuse as to the reason why she is stepping away. Every time we see her now, every press conference, she cannot handle easy questions. She is out there crying on questions, simple questions. But yet, you know, she wants to actually use the media to better her career off the court. Now, when it comes to on the court, Naomi Osaka is very, very talented. She really is. But what she's been doing the last three or four months is not the way a champion would behave. I mean, she quit at the French Open and she has never been the same since. Lost at the Olympics and now lost at the U.S. Open and walking away for a second time in a matter of months. Now, when it comes to the mental health of Naomi Osaka, there's probably an origin story as to the reason why she is the way she is, at least to the ex USTA uh, chairwoman. She has speculated that the actual 2018 U.S. Open final against Serena Williams is the reason why Naomi Osaka is the way that she is right now. Essentially, probably in a way, putting blame on Serena Williams. Now, here's the bat story, guys. Serena Williams at the time. She had 23 Grand Slam titles, the most in the open era. Now, Margaret Margaret Court actually has 24 titles overall. And Serena Williams has been trying to get to 24 titles. But however, doesn't look like that's going to happen. Serena Williams is 39 years old, going to be 40. She's not the same player and she has really been struggling as she has gotten older. And I don't believe that Serena is actually going to win a Grand Slam title ever again. But in that 2018 final, she played against Naomi Osaka and Naomi Osaka just kicked her butt all over the court. Naomi Osaka won 6-2, It wasn't even competitive. But. Serena Williams threw a temper tantrum in that match because she actually got three code violations because her coach was accused of actually coaching her in that final. And it was such a wipeout, you know, and actually, guys, in case you don't know, in tennis, your coach is not allowed to coach. No hand signals, anything like that. 
But her coach did that. And the referee at the match gave Serena a code violation. And over the course of that match, Serena was screaming all kind of stuff, you know, in the uh, in a press conference after after the match. She went into the whole identity politics thing, the gender thing. Somebody, if this was a male, this would never happen, et cetera, et cetera. But when it came down to it at the end of the day, you just weren't good enough. You were aging and you got beat by a much younger star that had a lot of talent. Now, Serena in her prime would probably, you know, wipe the floor with Naomi Osaka. I believe that she would, because when it comes to Serena at her best and Naomi Osaka at her best, I would definitely take Serena Williams. But it was such a mess. That when the trophies were being presented to the players, Naomi Osaka, when she got her trophy and she was speaking, she broke down. So now Katrina Adams believes that incident in 2018 is why Naomi Osaka is the way she is right now. Now, do I actually believe that? No, I'm not going to put all the blame on. Serena Williams, that whole incident, but it does kind of seem like Katrina Adams is kind of putting some of the blame, not necessarily on Serena, but that whole entire incident. Okay. Because this is what, um, this is what, um, Katrina Adams actually had to say, talking about that incident here. Quote, as a human being, if I was in her position, talk about Naomi Osaka, And that was the way I was welcomed in as a Grand Slam champion. It would impact me, Adams told the Post, before Monday's book signing at the U.S. Open. The booing wasn't at her. But she didn't know that that as a 19-year-old, your first impressions sometimes are everlasting ones. I felt bad for her that night. And I must admit, too, because I actually saw that. I didn't like that. That was the way Naomi Osaka ended up winning her first Grand Slam because all of the talking points, it wasn't about her dominant performance. It was about Serena Williams completely, you know, just melting down, arguing with the referee, playing identity politics. It wasn't about Naomi Osaka winning her first Grand Slam. And this was the way she was introduced. But I'm not going to put all the blame on Serena in this case, because think it is. Ever since that that uh, slam final final in uh, 2018, guess what? Naomi Osaka won, what, three other Grand Slams, another U.S. Open and a couple of Australian Opens. opens. So she actually has four Grand Slam titles. OK, so I'm not going to put that all on that particular slam final. If you ask me, I believe somewhat that. um Katrina Adams is trying to, you know, another person that's trying to protect Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka knows the rules. She knows she's supposed to speak to the media. But in tennis, you know, you can actually take as much time as you off as you want. I mean, it's an individual sport, you know. But let's continue on here. OK, it says during that championship ceremony, Adams presented the championship and runner up trophies. The 20,000 fans rain. Rain down booze because of the perceived injustice that beset Williams in her wild tiff with linesman Carlos Ramos. 
Quote, it's not the outcome we were looking for, Adams stated in the beginning of her onstage remarks. Adams proceeded to commend Williams for still being a great champion. The days Adams was viciously, viciously attacked on social media for taking sides. Yeah, Serena Williams absolutely was not acting like a champion. And she did ruin that moment for Naomi Osaka. But if you were to be the best, if you're to be a world champion, an all time great, and you, you don't necessarily need to even be an all time great. Just to be a professional athlete, you have to be able to handle pressure because guess what? When it comes to tennis, you're not going to win all the time. Any sport, basketball, baseball, you know, athletes want the glory when they win. But when they lose, they don't want the criticism. And in the case of Naomi Osaka. She doesn't want to answer any kind of questions. No French Open. She's not good on the clay. So I believe that that was the reason why she didn't want to speak to the media, because probably the talking point was that is that she is strictly a hard court specialist. You know, you've heard of a clay court specialist, you know, if you're talking about the uh, the French Open. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Katrina Adams? Is is Serena Williams really to blame for the way that Naomi Osaka is right now? I mean, even before this, Naomi Osaka was always kind of soft spoken, you know, but a prime Serena Williams, though, was mentally tough. I mean, she took the criticism and Serena really started playing the identity politics card when her game started to decline as she got older, because in those in those uh, post match uh, press conferences, she got fully woke with identity politics, basically calling Carlos Ramos, you know, a sexist because he wouldn't do this to a man. But however, guys, one thing about uh, Serena Williams coach doing the coaching because you can't do that. He admitted that he was doing it. He admitted that he was doing it. So that is a violation of the rules. Now, Serena's coach said that he didn't think that she actually saw it. But still, you can't do that. He knew that. And unfortunately, you know, Serena um, has to. Um, to get criticized for that, she actually has to get the violation for that, I should say. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, do you believe that the Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka 2018 U.S. Open final is the reason why Naomi Osaka is mentally weak right now? Because let's just face it. She is very mentally weak, mentally fragile. She needs to not do this. I mean, she's too great of a player in tennis, ranked very high, won multiple grand slams. She can't be playing the victim card like this. And the media, they need to stop enabling this type of behavior. But we're seeing this across the sport now and across other sports, gymnastics. It's gotten sports has gotten so weak. The athletes have gotten so mentally weak and. The media is giving them a pass, especially if they are females. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time.
Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.